1: Wow, wonderful stuff from David Knight. Remember, you can get the Christmas album over there a couple days after Christmas, but they had the Feast of St. Stephen's. Was it yesterday? Uh, So, um, you know, keep the spirit alive, everybody. And remember, uh, anything you contribute over at David Knight's uh, Rockfin channel, uh, everything goes straight to the show. I'm Gardner Goldsmith, guest hosting, and I just... You know, it just is a, an amazing and wonderful pleasure to be here with all of you in the chats, uh, online, wherever you might be. And thanks again for on the backside of Twitter, at Guard Goldsmith, for the kind words uh, from yesterday's show. I really appreciated that. And I want to say a big uh, couple words of appreciation to Karen Carpenter and the Rockfin chat. She mentions uh, that satisfaction of teaching. One day I gave a lecture about heart attacks to second graders because they were curious about about it. I drew pictures of the circulatory system. It was spur of the moment, but what a hoot. The students were enthralled. And some also some great comments from Wes Robertson talking about what Greg Abbott can do. Abbott can end the illegals coming through his state anytime constitutionally just by nullifying federal dictates. Well, again, you know, I hope that the uh, outlines they gave about the Kentucky Resolutions and James Madison also in letters mentioned that it's supposed to be a state purview, that 1875 Chalong decision is as bad as the uh, Dred Scott decision, as bad as the Roe v. Wade decision. It warps the perception of the Constitution. And so many people start to think that that's the way it should be. And then, of course, everybody starts to argue over the one size must fits all. So uh, very interesting stuff. Uh, I really want to thank everyone in the Rumble chat as well. That um, uh, One person says, uh, too bad BitChute doesn't have the, the money behind them that Rumble has. BitChute has always been solid. I like BitChute as well. And um, and uh, High Boost uh, mentions uh, Trump. And he says, Trump used Facebook in 2016 to win, but was it was used against him in 2020. Kind of funny. Well, yeah, you know, um, I think it's going to be very interesting to see uh, what happens in this next election. But I have I have no vested interest in this whatsoever. I do want to welcome, however, a man who has been watching this uh, longer than I have and has been one of my big heroes for a long time. He's our guest now on The David Knight Show. He is James Bovard coming to us from just outside the, the Swamp of Washington, D.C. on The David Knight Show. James, welcome to the program. I see the, uh, the symbol for you. I think we've got audio. And welcome and congratulations on your new book, Last Rights, James Bovard. Uh,
2: thanks very much. Thanks for having me on, having me back on. And uh, thanks for uh, plugging the book. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was trying to figure out whether or not to use the video today. And uh, I thought it might overwhelm viewers have two photogenic guys on the screen
1: <laughs> Well thank you thank you James I I don't have the beard I couldn't grow the beard the way you do but yes I know we would probably count your over- blessings count your blessings <laughs> on the beard. Isn't that what isn't that what the uh, the Ministry of Truth is all about? Nina Jankovic was there to stop us handsome guys from getting too much airtime, right?
2: I don't know entirely what she was uh, supposed to do, but she was. I mean, she was great for comic relief. I mean, it's it's always good to have a uh, to have a, a woman whose um, whose videos included who um, asking um, who exactly can I uh filled the blank to become rich and powerful. Uh, yes. And it's um I wouldn't use that verb because you've got a family friendly show, but it was great to see online. It's like, you know, I guess, you know, the Biden White House, when they were vetting her for that appointment, forgot to ask one important question. Does she sing? <laughs> <laughs>
1: maybe they'll have to put that on the application form from now on. Right. Well, the nice thing is once they booted her, everybody thought the ministry of truth was done, but it wasn't. They brought in, uh, Michael Chertoff.
2: Well, the yeah. Is there. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's amazing that he would have any credibility oh. uh, in Washington after the things he's done and the lobbying, oh. lobbying he's done. Uh, but, uh, no, I mean, you've heard- got all these, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no, I heard Jim that he wants people to pass through an airport scanner before they can get online to speak. I think that's his new gimmick, just to sell ah, more scanners. Ah,
2: ah. Yeah, well, you know, you got to find some use for those damn airport scanners. They <laughs> sure as hell, haven't done any good as far as catching weapons and bombs. Uh, so, I mean, I've you know, I've had I've had some uh, memorable experiences with those scanners and mm-hmm. with the TSA, and oh, yeah. afraid, I've tried to settle accounts.
1: Hey, I tell you, James Bovard is our guest, folks. Go to jimbovard.com and uh, follow him at jimbovard on Twitter. And the new book is great. And I I know that you wrote about your recent experiences with the TSA. It hasn't changed. It's not any more secure. We know that every few years – They would have their studies on how many bomb-like materials would go through, and even ABC News would do their own studies. It never changed, despite the increasing budget, despite the daily, minute-by-minute, person-by-person encroachments into the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, the Sixth Amendment, the Eighth Amendment, so many things. And, and that lets us look at last rights. And I I, I want to bring this up to all the audience, everybody. Last rights, the latest from James Bovard. It has a picture of the Capitol building with the razor wire and the fence just in the foreground. And, of course, on the back, I showed this at the start of the show, everybody, the armed goons protecting our liberties. Isn't that – oh, I'm sorry. They're protecting the politicians from we people they tell us are free. James, you've got a lot in this book. Um, first of all, I know you've been working on this for a long time. How long ago did you start to think, okay, I'm, I'm gonna get this book out because this is a crucial time to have this book released?
2: Uh, shortly before COVID actually. I was uh, trying to tie a lot of uh, things together that I've been writing about for uh, years. I mean, this is, this is a flashback to uh, 1993, 94 when Lost Rights came out, the the, the book that preceded this. Right. Uh, and, it's, and it was a roundup of a lot of the federal, state, and local atrocities and abuses back then. Oh, and folks said I was much too cynical. Uh, and it's kind of like, you know, I don't think so. But it's sad to look back in the 1990s almost as like if it was a golden era for freedom.
1: Oh, isn't that, it's bizarre, isn't it? I mean, yep. it's like, it's like going, it's going, it's like going from one abusive relationship into a worse relationship. And, you know, and then you say to yourself, gee, I I had it better off when I was, you know, when I was getting beat up this way. It's ridiculous. It's like going, it's, go, it's like drowning in water versus drowning in quicksand. It gets worse. It just gets worse. and And, you know, they keep using these rationales where the government gets caught at something you know, we see James Clapper testifying in front of Ron Wyden and Wyden already knows that they're surveilling people because they've got the Snowden information. It just hasn't gone public yet. And all of a sudden, boom, what happens? He asks him, is the NSA uh, collecting data on people? Uh, no. And then gives, Wyden gives him a chance to get out of possibly perjuring himself, which he just did. And he says, "Uh, No. And he said, like, Well, not uh, knowingly. I'm like, no, you were doing it knowingly. That's what the that's no. what is about. That's what the whole FISA thing is about. And it's not just section seven oh two, it's the very concept of it's not in the constitution, it's strictly prohibited. And the prohibition doesn't mean that it only applies to the government invading Americans' rights, it's anybody's rights, they don't have the ability to scan somebody in Sweden, just like they don't have the ability to scan somebody in New Hampshire. They just don't have the power. It's amazing to me. James, you have so many things here. Can I run through a little bit? Thank you so much. Pardon the spectacles here. I just wanted to make sure I looked like Charlie Robinson, the great Charlie Robinson, a great podcaster. And and, uh, so in the book, everybody, just released from the Libertarian Institute, and I hope you will check it out at the Libertarian Institute website. Um, As you mentioned here, you have... In the introduction, tyranny comes to Main Street. Americans today have the freedom to be freedom in quotes. And this is very, this is very, very important to me, James. Uh, And and I'm so glad that having, you know, as a teenager, I picked up one of your books. You know, I'm like 10 years behind you or something like that. And I'm like, I like this guy. And now I know you. And I'm like, I like this guy. And you always, you. Yeah, you keep getting the bat on the leather. You keep hitting it, man. It's great. The bat on the leather. Okay.
2: That's a new hampshire phrase.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's my dad. He used to play for the Red Sox, uh, their farm team. Oh, really? That's great. Yeah, yeah. They used to they were called the Hooligan Squad. It was before World War II. And uh, he never wow. wrote. yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Americans today, you say, have the quote, freedom, end quote, to be fleeced, groped, wiretapped, injected. Censored, ticketed, disarmed, beaten, vilified, detained, and maybe shot by government agents. Politicians are hell bent on protecting citizens against everything except Uncle Sam. Ah, it's that wonderful social contract, isn't it? As America is America becoming a cage keeper democracy? where voters merely ratify the latest demolition of their rights and liberties. And you cover in this book, it's not, it's not just a wide array. It's as if you're using a logical syllogism from point A down to point 15. What letter is that? You know, M, something like that. You talk about seizure fever, the war on gun owners, License to kill, the COVID crackdown catastrophe, schools gone wild, 10,000 czars, subsidies and subjugation, dominate and yeah, be careful what you wish for states and corporations, dominate, intimidate, control, taxation and tyranny, no place to hide, see no evil democracy, mindless ministry of truth, Ah, the singing, singing spirit, uh, spirit of of uh, Nanny Jankowicz, American Gestapo run amok, and last chance for liberty. Concluding things with tons of end notes. Uh, so, James, you put this together. It's a lot of work. In addition to the the articles you write, uh, I don't know how many articles you write every week. Uh, do do you have a certain set number that you put out every week, James?
2: No, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, with the book being done, I'm aspiring to about to have three or four out per week. But uh, I have a question uh, for you on the book. Is that a paperback or a hardback version? This is the hardcover. Okay, okay, because I haven't seen it. I was trying to find it. I mean, Amazon was supposed to have it, and they, you know, I don't know. But uh, so where did you order that
0: from?
1: Uh, I can't remember if I got this through the Libertarian Institute website or I went to Amazon, uh, just so I could get it shipped over more quickly. Great, yeah.
2: Great. Well, it, it you know, it looks good. I just I I was trying to get some hardbacks and I've got paperbacks, but I will uh I will track those down.
1: Oh, this is absolutely fantastic. James, I got a few of the items I'd like to discuss with you and I've I've bookmarked each one. Far away. Okay. We've got chapter 3, The War on Gun Owners. Of course, I was talking about uh the way that the uh, so-called red flag laws are contrary to half the Bill of Rights. Punishment without any trial, uh, Second Amendment, Third Amendment, uh, Fourth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, Sixth Amendment. Um, Then we've got license to kill. And this is really something else. It goes back to the 90s, a lot of different things with the Justice Department and how so-called reform was never actually instituted. And as they often do, the reforms that they claim actually give them permission to do even worse things to us. Then we're talking about the American Gestapo run amok. That is the FBI. So if you'd like to pick any one of those for our audience, and if anyone has any questions for James Bovard, put it in the Rockfin or Rumble chat. And if you're watching on David Knight's Twitter feed, uh, I can also check those in a little while, but we'll go with Rockfin and Rumble chat. James, is there any one of those you'd like to hit first?
2: Uh, you know, I don't have any specific preference. The uh, On the FBI the american gestapo that was a phrase from president truman right in his diary i think in late 1945 maybe 46 he said he was worried that the fbi was becoming uh, a, a a gestapo and that america did not need that that was just after the defeat of nazi germany and yeah so, i see uh, here
1: we want no gestapo or secret police fbi is trending in that direction 1945
2: you wrote yep Yep and it's uh so he was aware of the, the uh, damage the uh, danger and other politicians have had some very eloquent statements on that over the subsequent decades but the FBI you know still has vast unchecked power the FBI tried to throw the 2016 presidential election to Hillary Clinton the FBI had a huge role in helping uh Joe Biden win the 2020 election and I don't know uh you know there hasn't been any effective effort that I know of to put a leash on the FBI for the 2020, 2024 presidential election. So you know, yeah, um, I don't see how I don't see how democracy survives this.
1: Well, you know, it's amazing because you can roll back so fluidly in conversation to some of those things. And every one of those things you mentioned, the 2016, right? So one of the things on which I was reporting in MRC TV, James, was the so-called DNC hack, right? We know that the DNC didn't give the computer to the FBI initially. They gave it to CrowdStrike. CrowdStrike run by this guy, Aparamov or something like that. A member of the Atlantic Council. They came out with their report, which is absolutely ridiculous. Bill Binney has mentioned that there's no way that the data could have been transferred as quickly as it was transferred. If it was done through phone lines, it had to have been done on site with data sticks, flash drives. And, then uh, this guy, Aparovamich Apra, Apra, or whatever, um, comes out and says, oh, it was the Russians. And that entire Russian uh, Russians, uh, interference, Russian thing carried through as the Portman-Murphy bill was circulating in 2016 and got passed in that last NDAA that Obama signed in December of 2016, which created the Portman-Murphy Countering Foreign Propaganda Act, which helped give a lot of this money to places like NewsGuard and um, um, election guard and all these different agencies that we found were actually being funded by the feds simultaneous to that. We see the feds now hiding information about like the Hunter Biden laptop and literally reaching out to the New York times to say, don't talk about this thing that we know the hard drive had the um, the chain of possession already set up. They knew it was authentic but they didn't want people to know about this. And that's that's one of the softer things, but it had incredible implications. And I was amazed that many people were unaware of the FBI's role in that.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's something the that New York Post did great work on, and they have dogged that issue very effectively. Uh, it's it's frustrating to see how much BS the government get, still gets away with in uh, talking to folks who are moderates, liberals, Democrats, or even undecided uh, their 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 knowledge base on these scandals is very low, uh, and it's uh, it's sort of like talking to conservatives about the torture scandals. Like what? That never happened. Right. Um, right. So uh, it's just you know, and this is part of how the how the outrages uh, snowball, and uh, you know they uh, turn into precedents, and there's almost no way to put a leash on them.
1: It's amazing. Uh, You know, we know that uh, prior to, say, this contemporary era, we might be looking at a 2016, there were all sorts of problems with the FBI, as we know, you know, whether it was uh, the Black Panthers, Martin Luther King Jr., uh, and so many of the different things that were instituted uh, with the creation of the FBI right on through. It's always been very, very sketchy. Uh, It's always been something where The FBI on the surface carried this sort of mantle of pride, and oh, this is. And a lot of the guys would go into the FBI thinking I'm going to do the right thing, but there have always been very dark factions to the FBI, and a lot of questions constitutionally about well, is it really excusable to create a a police agency for crimes that might happen across borders, or is it really just. The maximum that the feds would do would be to facilitate extradition between states. And that's sort of the fundamental question about the FBI. But there are other things that have happened recently. We've seen the FBI um, and, of course, the Department of Education being implicated at the Justice Department as well in possibly investigating concerned parents who go to school board meetings and investigating Catholics who are traditional and Catholic mass masses. Would you like to amplify on some of the other things that you discovered as you wanted to put this together, or throughout your life, some of the things that stand out for you about the FBI and just how inflammatory it has become, or how bad it was in the past?
2: Yeah, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, The uh, it's interesting going back to the um, the the FBI and the Catholics. It came out earlier this year that the the FBI in Richmond and other places. Had a secret campaign to infiltrate church services to quote identify the bad Catholics. And, you know, I don't, I'm not comfortable at all with the FBI setting themselves up to be secret judges of who is and who is not a good Christian or a good Catholic. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is you talk about a Pandora's box, and and this is something it, it wasn't just one nitwit FBI agent who did this. This is something which got approved at multiple levels. But one of the things that sticks in my mind most vividly on the FBI was Ruby Ridge. You had the FBI send their snipers out there. You had the FBI, uh, you know, the FBI snipers were given an order to shoot to kill, basically shoot on site for the adults that were being besieged by federal agents. And then the uh, FBI sniper guns down Vicki Weaver as she's holding her uh, baby in the cabin door. That agent uh,
1: Lon, Lon Horiuchi uh, never was uh, never received any sort of uh, uh, any sort of uh, um, punishment. In fact, he he got advances Lon Horiuchi ha- after killing, right?
2: Yep, and uh, so that was something I wrote about, and it was uh, fascinating to see the the pushback. Uh, FBI Director Lewis Free condemned me in public for uh, for uh, slandering FBI agents and the FBI itself, but. But I later got hold of a 500-page confidential Justice Department report on, on on their analysis of Ruby Ridge. And the Justice Department had many of the same condemnations of the FBI that I had as far as their, their conduct and their cover-up of Ruby Ridge.
1: But you just said it publicly.
2: Uh, I said it publicly, and uh, the FBI chief thought that he could squash my reputation like a bug. Well, I'm still you know, here.
1: You are. You are James Bovard. And by the way, as we talk about Last rights, I want to mention, I remember at that time, um, uh, Ruby Ridge, G. Gordon Liddy was doing his radio show. Oh, he was.
2: He was great.
1: Yeah. And he was excellent on that Ruby Ridge issue. And he would mention what you were talking about. I remember him talking about your work on his show. And uh, I got to meet him a number of years ago. And um, he was very, very nice to me. And, uh, you know, I obviously go into prison after the Nixon uh, Nixon issues and things like that. But uh, he really did a splendid job talking about Lon haruyuchi Ruby Ridge and Randy Waver and his family. And I really appreciate the fact that you, st- you stood up for those people. You know, David sure. Knight was down there with, uh, with the um, uh, down at uh, Bundy Ranch when the Bureau of Land Management was trying to wipe out the Bundy Ranch and take that over. They were sabotaging the water pipes and so on. David was there at the standoff uh, wow. as the snipers had their guns trained on them. He was right yeah. there. Yeah, there's
2: a, there's a section in the book on the Bundy Ranch case in the FBI.
1: Just it's so. just it's it's incredible. And I don't I, it's it, it, it gets me choked up a little bit sometimes to think about just how far people have it. it you know, you get these little these little bubble ups of people standing up for what is appropriate. They're standing up for their rights. These people at Bundy Ranch had a land agreement when Nevada was a territory. And as I've mentioned, there is no provision for the United States government to run land other than Washington, D.C., territories and military garrisons. And as you know, when, according to the Constitution, territories become states, they're supposed to enter with, as they say, all the rights and privileges of any other state. And there is no uh, mandate that they have to cede land to the government. And even if they had to cede land, even if they wanted to cede land to the federal government, they, the federal government has no provision in the Constitution to manage that land. So all these areas, Grand Escalante, as I mentioned yesterday on David's show, or the uh, the Bears, the Bears' feet, or the Anwar, anything like that, all these areas where they've opened up national parks or, uh, you know, cl- closed off anthracite to help the Lippo group for the, for the Clinton administration, uh, any of those things, those are supposed to be up to the states. And since the Bundys had an agreement, from that territory of Nevada, before it became a state, they were grandfathered in. Their family had grazing rights, and the feds were trying to wipe them out. And it's amazing to think that the pop media could portray people who were just trying to mind their own business, who were just sitting there, who got invaded by federal agents, the FBI, the BLM, with their their tax-funded guns. They can portray the, the Bundys as the the flipped-out aggressors. As the wild gun toters, and they were just defending their property, and that sort of—I—I love to correct the record on that sort of thing, especially for peaceful people like that, James.
2: Yeah, and it was fascinating to see the um, the evolution of the federal court cases and the federal judges on that issue. Yeah, because there was uh, a—I think Judge Navarro, maybe Gloria Navarro. Yeah, she was. uh, She started out very much leaning in favor of the FBI and the Feds, but, but by the time, at a certain point. There were a, there were a number of very uh, late uh, revelations the Feds made that blew their credibility to pieces, and yeah. and she basically uh, threw the case out of court and gave the FBI a very thorough cussing.
1: Yeah, the discovery process there on every one of those was so. Important, And, of course, you know, I think, James, it harkens back to back to the days when they would try to have the kangaroo courts during the Revolutionary era to take people away from their local juries. And they, you know, they try them up in Nova Scotia. That was one of the things you wanted to have jury of your peers. People hear this information. Even judges sometimes will stand up and say, you know what? This is just wrong. Yep. Uh, and yep. and And yeah, good for Judge Navarro. I was I was really pleased about that. James, um, any other thoughts in the FBI? I'd love to talk to you a little bit about something tied to the FBI, the, the war on drugs and things sure. like civil asset forfeiture, uh, okay. if that's possible.
2: Um, sure. Go for it.
1: Okay. Um, uh, well let's, let's talk a little bit about the so-called war on drugs, you know, starting up with Lyndon Johnson, but even before that certain statutes, a lot of the old jazz musicians finding that they, you know, were running into problems with the law, um, We've got an idea that somehow the person accused with some crime against others just for possessing a substance, which is not a violent act of aggression against anyone, just the possession of a substance or the sale to a voluntary willing participant of a substance like drugs or whatever it might be, um, that somehow first any state agency, agency of the state in its normative sense, should be involved in stopping that person from engaging in that peaceful activity. But on the constitutional level, the superstructure of this on a national and historical level for the United States, James Boulevard, we've got the so-called war on drugs. That has incentivized local police forces. And even the Obama administration threw down a smokescreen with Eric Holder in there. Uh, and you talk about some of this, some of Eric Holder's background on this, the so-called war on drugs, the seizure of people's property and how it incentivizes the local police to engage in these types of raids because they can make tons of money. They get to keep people's stuff. Can you talk a little bit about the concept of civil asset forfeiture and how you approach it in last rights, James Boulevard.
2: You know, civil asset forfeiture means that the government come in and confiscate your property based on a mere allegation that it might have been misused at some time in the past. And the uh, there was, I think, a DEA agent who would say that the great thing about asset forfeiture is it's not up not up to us to prove anything. And so, so, uh, so if the uh, if a government agent stops you walking down the street, and he says, uh, "Let me take a look at your wallet." And so he pulls he pulls out your cash, and then a drug dog comes up, and the drug dog alerts uh, to the drugs uh, supposedly on the uh, on your currency. Boom! That's sufficient for the government to seize your currency. However, the vast majority of American currency has micro traces of drugs, and sufficient to uh, trigger a canine alert. But right. and judges judges have known that for thirty years. Judges have been condemning this uh, canine dog currency seizure as a bunch of crap going back to probably even before bill clinton's presidency right uh, but you know it's still there and it's uh it's almost like a monty python test of whether or not a woman is a witch if she weighs more than a duck
1: uh,
2: so
0: <laughs> she's made of wood
2: that's it that's it gotta drown her <laughs>
1: Maybe she was eating crunchy frogs. I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, that's something I've always avoided. Yes, yes, and James, uh, let's. I I mentioned this before you came on. I've done this on my Liberty Conspiracy show, but I'd like to show this for the David Knight audience as I fill in for David Knight. Uh, James Bovard is our guest on the David Knight show. Everybody, and place your questions in Rockfin chat after we show this. Get David's thoughts about the conflict, the seeming bipolar problem. Between the so-called war on drugs, unconstitutional, of course, and the so-called war on terror, which has seen such a, a destruction of so many of the rights that are supposed to be protected by the U.S. Bill of Rights. And James, I'd like to turn right now to this. There might be a little ad that pops up. This is from 20 years ago. It's Geraldo Rivera on the ground in Afghanistan as U.S. soldiers guarded the heroin poppy crop. Yeah, the fact that the go back government back here. is
2: here, it's going to... And the opium trade. The Taliban is using it to intimidate the population.
0: Okay. Joining us from Helmand province is Geraldo Rivera. Good morning to you, uh, Geraldo. Tell us what you've seen during your days there in Afghanistan. Hi, Allison, Dave, and Clayton. Yes, in some ways, the Marines brilliantly executed invasion of Marja, this town in the middle of Helmand Proce- uh, province, was the easy part. The hard part now is governing this province, a province, as you suggest, that has become addicted to opium in many, many ways. That is the principal crop that is being grown here. Uh, The Taliban lend the farmers the money. They are indebted to the Taliban. They have to grow the opium. Now the Marines in their success are in a sense a victim of their success, because now the population is uh you know they have these opium fields and we are tolerating it we are tolerating the cultivation of the opium because we know that if we were to destroy it now the population would turn against the marines and it would be a real security risk let me introduce lieutenant colonel brian christmas he's the commanding officer of the third battalion six marines uh really a a wonderful group of uh, marines here Uh, i know that you care deeply about this uh this contradiction the fact that Uh, Here you have one of the best fighting forces in the world ever mounted, Uh, and in a sense, uh, you're watching as uh, this opium is being grown. I know it it grinds at your gut. Uh, How do you deal with it? What are you doing about it? Well, uh, frankly, this is part of the culture. So uh, while it might grind in my gut, it's what they do. So
1: it's very interesting, James. I bring that up, of course, uh, knowing that they were unconstitutionally there. Ron Paul offered a declaration of war. He got three votes. Of course, he was not going to vote for it himself. And um, I thought that it was important to bring that up because we have this bipolar situation of the U.S. government telling us they have this so-called war on drugs, then invading a foreign nation, occupying it for two decades And as they're occupying it, seeing the opium coming out of there increase and the proportion of the world's trade going up to near 97 percent coming from Afghanistan. Now, James, uh, just a few weeks ago, I was reading about how the Taliban and again, I'm not in favor of one group destroying the crops of anybody. But Afghanistan is no longer number one on the uh, export of opium poppy products, it's now something like Myanmar or something like that. They've dropped because the Taliban did get in there and rather than doing what the government told us they would do, which would be to take over the fields and run them themselves, they're destroying the fields. And uh, it is amazing to me because we got people who are accustomed to the United States being in Afghanistan, even some military members, I've spoken to them. And I've been at airports. I've seen them in their their fatigues. And I say, oh, are you heading out somewhere? They're like, yeah, I'm going to Afghanistan. I'm going to Iraq. And I say, listen, if you don't want to answer this question, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, that's okay. I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. But I know you swear an oath to the Constitution. Yes. You will answer to uh, constitutional orders. Yes. There is no declaration of war. The only way the president can send troops out constitutionally is if there's a declaration of war. How do you feel knowing that you swore an oath to the Constitution, but they're sending you out in a breach of the Constitution? And their answer always is, well, I do what they tell me. And I think that that is sad and, of course, very frightening. And I hope that, you know, I don't want to be too explicit on it, but I hope that people will remember this is the type of policy, what we see right here on the screen. This is the type of policy you get when people don't try to keep tabs on their own ethics and what is right and wrong and contradictory. Based on government policy and what they were doing there, I wonder, James, if anybody could say, gee, you know, you are guarding those fields. Now we're going to come in and do civil asset forfeiture on the U.S. military now. Because, of course, you're involved with a crime. We can just take your jeeps. You think they would do that, James? Well,
2: I think it might be difficult to collect.
1: (laughs) If there is something, and I I don't know how long you can stay with us, James, but I do want to ask a couple questions uh, from Ron. Excellent, excellent. Uh, so let's head over to Rockfin and Rumble chat and uh, and see what you have to say, everybody, here on the David Knight Show. And here are some of the uh, points that are brought up over at Rumble, uh, Rockfin. Uh, we're seeing, okay. Uh, they're talking about Geraldo Rivera. Now, yeah, someone brought up the pandemic. Uh, the pandemic and the lockdowns. Love for you to be able to address some questions on that regarding civil liberties, James. And uh, Michael DeSalvio says, We should just grow it here in the United States. <laughs> Very good point. <laughs> and Hal9000 Watson, I'm sure you uh, understand the reference there, James. A little dig on uh, IBM says, Oh, the American way. And uh, they also say no war, no war on pharma drugs. Those are subsidized and protected. Let's talk about the lockdowns for a second, James. Uh, you saw what was going on. And then we'll talk about the Capitol building, maybe January 6th, because you visited there and just seen the stark in-your-face police state appearance and practice there and how things have changed. Uh, do you have any thoughts about um, the United States uh, government, including various governors, most of them, uh, and legislatures cracking down on people's civil liberties, choosing, uh, essential, non-essential businesses, um, uh, shutting things down with, uh, vaccine passports, the border, you gotta be jabbed, all these types of things. Um, yeah,
2: there's, there's a, uh, uh, solid chapter in the book on the, uh, COVID, uh, crackdown craziness. Um, you know, the, uh, I think one of the clearest lessons of the, uh, uh, pandemic was um, that in the long run, people have more to fear from politicians than from a virus. Um, you had so many politicians who uh, gave themselves dictatorial power. There were some great Supreme Court dissents during the uh, early part of the pandemic. Uh, I believe it was Justice, uh, Justice uh, Gorsuch who was who was uh, mocking the state of Nevada for putting very, uh, very low limits for church attendance but there, were, there was a much larger limit for going to the casinos. And he said right. it's really difficult to reconcile the First Amendment with the, uh, um, he had a very good line afterwards, trust me on that one. But there were lots of, um, lots of good court decisions, but the hysteria by the media, most of the media, not all of it, in favor of unlimited government power um, and, and uh, to see how the media made saints out of people like Fauci uh, in spite of all of his contradictions, in spite of his flip flops, it, it was almost as if groveling to the government was the only way people could be saved.
1: Absolutely, absolutely right. And his his elitist El Senor uh, approach, uh, looking down his nose at people, you know, the way that in, in you know, I, I wish Rand Paul had gone farther. I, I hope he continues to do more, uh, not just Questioning uh, the uh, gain of function, but questioning any of the United States government involvement in the JAB research. And of course, they they called those countermeasures, claiming they could do that as a DOD type of preparatory thing against a potential attack by some foreign nation developing a virus. But they're the ones who developed, developed the virus indirectly through EcoHealth Alliance, moving it from North Carolina over to Wuhan. Uh, so all of it is unconstitutional. And here's the quote on page 77, folks, from Neil Gorsuch. Uh, James writes in his new book, Last Rights, available at the Libertarian Institute, also on Amazon, James Bovard, at Jim Bovard on Twitter, politicians effectively promised to banish all COVID risk by obliterating individual liberty. But according to the Centers for Disease Control, most Americans still contracted COVID despite, quote, the greatest intrusions on civil liberties in the peacetime history of this country, end quote, as Neil Gorsuch declared in 2023. Those lockdowns destroyed millions of jobs, spurred hundreds of thousands of bankruptcies and sparked far more suicides, alcoholism, and drug abuse. Jim, everything from local schools and the teachers' unions pushing for even more outside the school, so-called education. Everything from parents speaking up about that sort of thing and the way that they were speaking up about wokeism being detected by the DOE, then working with the National School Boards Association to try to concoct a narrative that the concerned parents were somehow potential domestic terror threats And then getting the FBI to investigate them, which was halted, supposedly, but not really, when they got discovered, uh, to the lockdowns, the jab passports, and as I've mentioned, the use of HIPAA, the 1996 Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, uh, supposedly... Uh, to protect our privacy. But in between pages 75 and 95 of the PDF, people can see how the head of HHS can demand medical records from anybody who is in, medical, in a medical profession who accepts Medicare and Medicaid patients to things like uh, the, the uh, people bringing in uh, uh, things on trucks from Canada. You've got to be jabbed. Uh, to all sorts of things. You can protest for BLM but you can't protest for your own rights to protest. Unbelievable, unbelievable encroachments, and they cannot be forgotten. These sorts of things have to be remembered, and they have to be fought. They they, they have to be fought on a local, state, and federal level. And it just amazes me that so many people just allow these things to come out. And the lies, Fauci openly saying, well, yes, I lied about masks, And now I'm giving you a spurious reason is because I think they're so important to have masks when everybody knows the masks aren't important. Just absurd. What were some of the standout things as you went back on this? Because there's so much regarding the lockdowns and the lies from the federal government and the constitutional side of things and people's rights. Well, there
2: is. Yeah, I've got a section in the COVID chapter on how the Biden White House browbeat the FDA to force him to give full approval for the Pfizer vaccine. For COVID because they had to have that before Biden imposed his mandate for um, all Americans working for large companies to get vaxxed. Uh, and to see the absolute contempt for anyone who did not roll over in command, shortly after Biden gave his speech in September 2021 on his vax mandates, Biden showed up on CNN and, and he said that the only reason that people weren't getting vaxxed is because, because they want Freedom to kill you with their COVID virus, and this is and these are these are lines which have a lot uh, uh, never really showed up in the media radar screen. People do recall that Biden promised that if you get the injection, then then you won't get COVID, and that was a false statement even when he said it because the CDC knew there were a torrent of breakthrough cases, but the feds were covering them up. But then the cover up
1: collapsed. Absolutely. And we know that even during the, during the uh, early testing, they then got rid of their, um, their um, Uh, control control group. They ended up giving them the the injection. The whole thing was absurd. And again, you know, that goes towards my libertarian argument of don't put your faith in the central authority that then can be gamed for rent seekers to try to make sure their stuff gets through, especially when you got that revolving door and as as we you know we've discussed with your amazing book the fair trade fraud some of the biggest corporations have big incentives to make sure that their competition is knocked out and they get either government contracts or tariffs that will protect them or mandates to say you must use this product and this is exactly what biden did it's amazing to me to think that people think that this sort of thing can be reformed without actually at least questioning the very moral and ethical premises on which these people base their arguments that you must be forced to pay for your own protection because it doesn't work. It never works that way. You're not going to get any satisfaction if the agency that is supposed to protect you can just take your money at any time. They're actually yeah. a protection racket, you know? Yeah, and, and, and yeah. you know. Okay, round two: name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry? Ooh,
1: a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe the bylaw. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: And, and, and this is something which compounds with the censorship stuff, because. Okay, so you had the Biden folks come in, and Biden was uh, hell-bent on persuading people that the COVID vaccines that were uh, uh, had only emergency use approval were panaceas. And so, so what the Biden White House did was crack down on Twitter and Facebook and force them to suppress people making jokes about COVID vaccines. If you yeah. only made some kind of meme on, um, on Twitter, it's like, boom, you were suppressed. Because it was like that that the um, it was as if the COVID vaccines would only work if freedom of speech was destroyed.
1: That's absolutely right, James. Absolutely right. And I'll I'll point something out to you. Uh, I don't know whether uh, you've gotten to see his tweet today, but Glenn Jacobs uh, mentioned this on Twitter. I'll see if I can find it very, very quickly Uh, on Twitter. uh, He brought up. I retweeted it. That since he is mayor of Knox County, of course he's the former pro wrestler who played Kane and bench uh, pressed five twenty here in New Hampshire.
2: Bench press five twenty. What's that? I I was I was talking to him once at a conference. He told me he's bench pressed five
1: twenty. Wow! Are you kidding me?
2: No, no. Holy moly! Serious stuff.
1: So I'm not going to argue with him. All right. Well, that's excellent. Um, yeah, let me see if I can find this tweet. I don't I could paraphrase it, but let me see if I can uh just uh give this to you because he mentioned that Deborah Burks joined him and other people who were involved with government in Tennessee in a closed door meeting. And he mentioned that she told people that a lot of the information they had about and I I don't want to be too explicit here cuz i i'd rather read what he said um but i'll i'll see if i can find it here um
2: yeah uh, burks came to knoxville in september 2020 is that the one
1: yes that's it do you have it on yours james
2: yeah i i have it on yeah, mine yeah uh,
1: feel free uh, to this, read that and yeah yeah
2: this is quoting uh, glenn Jacobs. uh he says that in a private meeting burks told us that bars and restaurants should be closed she admitted that the uh, the data didn't support it, but said it was necessary to, quote, send a message about the seriousness of the virus. That's marketing, not science, says Glenn Jacobs.
1: Good job, Glenn. And he is a great, great guy. Um, in fact, I think we might have met either the year you were up here for the uh, uh, Libertarian Pork uh, Porcupine Festival and Naomi Wolf was here, or it might have been the year after that. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, very good guy. And of course he lives down in Tennessee now and, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing to see the stuff that was going on and, and Glenn fought tooth and nail to try to prevent those sorts of mandates in his, uh, in Knox County. And uh, good for him. And uh, you know, uh, it's it's you you guys that come from the country, James. You're still holding up the the side oh, for truth. Oh, oh,
2: it's my redneck heritage.
1: Yeah, and you know, I have some comments that were they're also showing comments now. People are watching us on Twitter. Uh, previously, it would be difficult to comment on Twitter. You would have to go in and just now, uh, people are commenting. I've got uh, thank you so much for watching the David Knight Show, CHS eight four three on Twitter slash X. And um, he mentioned freeway Rick Ross. And, of course, you know, the terrible things that happened to freeway Rick Ross cleaned up his life. Um, He says Trump might push for NATO to be closed as well. Well, I wouldn't. uh, Don't count your chickens before they hatch on that one, my friend. I don't think they're going to see that happen, but who knows? You can always be hopeful. And uh, let's see uh, over on Rockfin chat. Scott Atlas had some very interesting things to say on the highway wire about Burks and Company. Yeah, Scott Scott Atlas was talking about the inner workings there and how he kept getting shut out. They would start to have meetings even without him. They wouldn't even call on him once they found out what his position would be. He wouldn't be there. And um, yeah, there's so many so many interesting things to discuss, James. What do you think stands out as you think about all the stories that you have in there? is there something that you would want to uh, really stress to the audience one or two items here before we close things off with you and thank you very much if you have to go go for no, it I, know you're a, super so busy. I,
2: I mean uh, thanks that's an, thanks for all your kind comments thanks for the excellent questions um I guess the 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 over uh, overview I'd want folks to take away is just the fundamental principle of what happens when politicians and government officials, and claim control of your life. And then once uh, once they have that established, it's an unlimited series of often idiotic dictates. I mean, you think of TSA, what you've got to do when you're flying. You think of the COVID lockdowns. You think of a lot of other federal mandates that are helping wreck this country, uh, wrecking our prosperity. You think of how the government is destroying our currency and people in DC don't give a damn because they're mostly all very well paid. Uh, And there's just so much damage that the that the the political class is inflicting on the nation and people need to fundamentally reevaluate how they look at the U.S. government and American politicians. It's interesting. I was I was commenting on Facebook, uh, someone um, and I'd I'd had some posts from a few years earlier. And uh, so I so I said I was replying to someone and said that uh, um, uh, said something like, well, well, I hope that we can whip the political rascals in the coming years. And Facebook gave me a warning for saying, talking about whipping the political oh. rascals. And, Are you I was, kidding? and I was thinking, OK, I guess that they're not familiar with Thomas Paine saying that politicians were the most rascally group of uh, humanity. Uh, but there is there is this concerted effort to make people deferential to the ruling class and to make it seem like the real problem is that people who talk about whipping the political rascals, not all the lies
1: and abuses from the Washington elite. James Bovard, at Jim Bovard on Twitter, your website. Great conversation recently with Tom Woods. Uh, There's just awesome stuff. Libertarian Institute, everybody. Check out the Libertarian Institute. This is a Libertarian Institute publication. And James, before you go, I'll refer once more to that page 77. Because you have that quote in there. And this should be sufficient. Just this statement should be enough for people to say, okay, I need to fight back for truth. Because we knew this was false the minute he said it. Quote, you're not going to get COVID if you have these injections. July 21st, 2021, President Joe Biden. And you wrote the COVID-19 pandemic opened up Pandora's box of perils to freedom, prosperity, and health. Though judges torpedoed a few despotic decrees, politicians fanned pandemic fears to seize nearly absolute power. Despite pervasive abuses, not a single government official spent a day in jail for the most politically exploited pandemic in American history. And James, their excuses about so called public health run not only in conjunction with the nonsense of that man, Joe Biden, but run counter to individual liberty. It's a consequentialist view, and they have excused the attack on everybody's individual rights. There's no such thing as public health, there's only individual health. And the minute someone tells you, I'm in a group of people, we're in charge, and we are going to decide what the public health is and what we can do to you. They're immediately negating their own argument because you are just a member, as everybody else is, of this group. And if they can threaten you, if they can threaten you, they can threaten somebody else who's not threatened today. They can threaten him tomorrow because they're always going to be there. And and, so uh, this is so important, this book. Thank you. Hey, thanks so
2: much for the kind words. Thanks for doing a great job of pulling out some of the best parts of the book. I really
1: appreciate that, Gardner. You got it, James. You got it. You know, sometimes I get, I just, I, I just get so appreciative of your work, James. Any, any thoughts, people, uh, just to mention where people can find you as you, as you uh, head off and continue working? For um, various places. I've,
2: I've been doing quite a bit lately for the New York Post. I've done some stuff for uh, Mises Institute, Brownstone, uh, American Conservative Magazine, uh, other places which I should not be forgetting, but I am.
1: <laughs> well, no problem, James. James Bovard is with us. And, James, next time I bring you on, uh, maybe I'll, I'll play that Rifleman soundtrack in, in honor of a great show of a guy who uh, came from good country, country stock and fought for, for goodness. Or maybe I'll play, uh, there's a song called High on Drugs about the drug war. And uh, ah, all those high on
2: drugs. Hey, hey, I, I, I'm uh, I was I was trying to polish up my Boy Scout image that, you know, that. Would help.
1: <laughs> well, James, thank you so much. Next time, we'll also talk about some of your personal reflections as you walked around the Capitol and saw some of the very things that uh, people can see just by looking at the cover of your book, The Razor wire yeah, on the Capitol. Just,
2: just a quick comment. The, uh, the photo on the covers was one that I took. When I was uh, on a hike going around the uh, uh, the um, Capitol, when it was, uh, you know, thousands of National Guard troops with M-16s and camouflage. And it was like, you know, I felt like, ah, American democracy. It's finally been been perfected.
1: Well, how dare you engage in photography without a license? You charlatan, you, you evil man. Don't you understand? And how dare you put these pictures out on social media? Nina Jankovic is going to sing at you, my friend. You better watch out. Well, it'll serve me right. <laughs> hey, thanks so much, Gardner. Thanks, James. James Bovard, folks. Thank you, James Bovard, so much for being a guest on the David Knight Show. And, boy, he calls up the Glenn, Glenn Jacobs quote right off the bat. Great stuff. Everyone have a terrific day as we round off the program of the David Knight Show tomorrow, Tony Arterburn of Wise Wolf Gold and Silver Exchange will be here. And Handy says this, of course, Handy's profession in EMT work says, I have a hard time even using the word COVID when I've never seen anything worse than what looks like a cold slash flu, but I've seen the jab maim and kill several. Harps in Australia, have some Marmite for me, my friend. Have a great day, everyone. Stay free and great show guard. Thank you so much. Karen Carpenter says, I like to learn. Karen Carpenter, many hearts to you. Little John, thank you. Occult Priestess, watch Occult Priestess on Rockfin. She is amazing. And what a wonderful, gracious host. And Matthew Ronson, thank you. Photo, taking photos is dangerous. Hal 9000, thank you very much. And uh, uh, Shevken321, thank you very much for being there. I appreciate all of you being there. Ma- uh, Maloney, thank you. Matthew Ronson, thank you. I appreciate that. Everyone, tomorrow I won't be here, but I'll be here Friday. We're going to do a little countdown on Friday. And uh, we're going to have a little special guest for the countdown. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be uh, super awesome. Super mega awesome. And if you detect a smile on my face, it's because I'm planning something goofy. So it's going to be fun. And uh, join me tonight on Liberty Conspiracy at 6 o'clock. We'll run through even more breaking stories, news resources, The David Knight Show, the thedavidknightshow.com. Check it out. Remember, if you want to get involved with uh, Gerald Salente's great work, check out Gerald Salente's work. And uh, if you want to get Gerald Salente's publication, then you can get a 10% discount with Gerald Salente. And I got to say, so many people working for freedom, um, you know, whether you get Trends Journal or, you know, you're, you're going to watch Redacted or whatever, you're watching My Liberty Conspiracy. Thanks. Thanks for being interested. Really appreciate it. I'll leave you again with, A little ad for uh, David Knight's uh, great music and a little something to recognize David and the kindness of them welcoming me to the show. So uh, let's check it out, everybody. Thank you very much watching the show. Don't forget, if you do want to contribute over on Rockfin and Rumble, everything goes to them. Still have a chance to do so, and uh, I really appreciate it. And share the show after the fact. Great to have you there. GA Boy, thank you so much. And... uh, We'll see you again on Friday. Tony Arterburn, tomorrow, 9 a.m. And, of course, my show if you want to watch Liberty Conspiracy. Rumble, Rockfin, my Twitter, at guardgoldsmith. As the prisoner would say, be seeing you. <laughs>